So I am super excited to share with you what the Lord has been putting on my hearts. A few, quite a, my heart. I have one heart, one, not two. Um, a few months ago, um, I was praying. I always pray. I, like I love getting the ladies together and I, I'm always like, God, what do you want to tell your daughters? Cause y'all are his precious, valuable daughters. He loves y'all. And I know that he speaks to y'all on the regular, but when I have the opportunity to get up here and share something like, I'm like, God, I want it to be what you want them to hear for that day, for that season. Cause only God knows what's going on in your life. I don't know, but he does. And so I, I was praying and I had four things that my heart was stirring. I'm like, well, God, I can't speak on all four. Like I need you to, to hone it down. And um, he's so faithful that he he did do that. And I will want to tell y'all that some of it was, um, um, what's the word? <laughs> was like prompted. That's the word. Prompted. You know when you have a word and you're trying to think of it and you're like, I have to say it. I know it starts with a P. That was it. Prompted. I was prompted um, a few weeks ago when our dear, dear friend, Kobe Westbrook, went to be with the Lord. Um, we were... We had an amazing service over here. And, um, but before that, I, I found myself after she passed away, so many people were writing on Facebook stories about her, telling, telling just what she did in their lives, how she loved them. And so I've honestly never seen that before. I've never seen that much outpouring. And as I was reading, reading all the stories of what people were saying, there were some things that like, I knew she did that. And then there were other things I'm like, oh, wow, she did that. Like, that's so sweet or that's so loving or what a heart of service. And then I'm thinking back to my own experience with her, my children's experience with her. And, you know, some of you, you're like, I I don't know this lady, but boy, I wish I could have. But some of you know other people in your lives that have passed away and they made an impact and it impacted you. And when they passed away, you were left maybe thinking what I was thinking. And that, I want to share that with y'all because what the Lord spoke to me is what I want to encourage y'all with today. It was through that that I was seeking the Lord and I was, huh, I, I, y'all know I can't, I can't get up here and speak without crying. But um, I was also thinking of my, my mother-in-law, how she passed away years ago. And that was so hard. It still is hard. Um, because she was so wonderful. And so there's people in our lives that are just so wonderful. Maybe a spouse, <clears throat> maybe a child, maybe just someone that you, a friend, and they're, 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 they make an impact. They do something powerful. When they go, you're like, who is going to take their place? Cause they were so great. They were so one, they did so much for the kingdom or the community. And you're just like, God. And that's what I was telling the Lord. I was like, Lord, Who's going to take her place? You know, she touched so many people in this church, in our community. Apparently, she was bringing strangers home <laughs> to minister to them, which is hilarious and amazing. Um, but the Lord, I felt so clearly as I'm speaking to you today that the Lord said, I don't need anyone to take Kobe's place. I need them to take their place. And that's what I want to talk to you all about today. Each one of us in here, no matter how young you are, no matter how seasoned you are in life, each one of us have a place that we must take. And and that is what we're going to focus on. And that's what I want to encourage you with 
today. And I say we must take our place because this goes for me too and it never stops. You, we, we don't get to a season where we're like, oh, I, I don't have nothing to do for the Lord anymore. Even if it's a quiet season of prayer or raising babies and you're just home, it, uh, there's always, always, a, it's always a time to take our place. And so I want to read Matthew 9, 35 through uh, chapter 10, 10, 8. It's a, a, quite a bit of scripture, but it'll be up here reading from the, the New Living. And it says, it says, Jesus traveled through all the towns and villages of that area, teaching in synagogues and announcing the good news about the kingdom. And he healed every kind of disease and illness. Let me pause there. Jesus was working. Okay, like if you read the chapters before chapter 9, he was casting out demons. He was healing people. He was teaching. He was preaching. He was working. And his work was very, very important. It was very out there. Like people saw what he was doing. It wasn't in secret. And then it says, but. I mean, it doesn't say but. I'm saying but. And the, verse 36. When he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them because they were confused and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. He said to his disciples, which are his followers, the guys that were hanging out with him, doing the ministry with him. He said, the harvest is great, but the workers are few. So pray to the Lord who is in charge of the harvest. Ask him to send more workers into the fields. And then in chapter 10, it says Jesus called his 12 disciples together and gave them authority to cast out evil spirits, heal every kind of disease and illness. Then it lists the names, but we're going to skip to verse 5 where it says, Jesus sent, sent out the 12 apostles with these instructions. Don't go to the Gentiles or the Samaritans, but only to the people of Israel, God's lost sheep. Go and announce to them that the kingdom of heaven is here. Heal the sick, raise the dead, cure those with leprosy, and cast out demons. Give as freely as you have received. You know, I think it's amazing how Jesus pauses in the middle of doing the work, doing the ministry that was necessary, that needed to happen. He pauses because he sees a need and he wants to draw his disciples' attention to something. It made me think of like when you take your, you know, your kids or if you're a teacher, your class, or you just you have little ones with you and you go somewhere and you realize, oh, it's kind of chaotic around here. Hey, hey, come see. Everybody come here. You know, imagine being in a theme park and you need to give your kids instructions. Okay, that ride over there, we're going to go to that later. But right now, I need to tell y'all, this is what we're doing. You know what I'm saying? It's like, there's so much going on around, but yet I need to draw you in to tell you something very, very important. And that is what Jesus did that day. And the need was fueled by compassion. The need was fueled by what he saw in the crowds. And so we can get to that place of compassion just like he did. Oftentimes we do. Oftentimes we see things, we see people, and we do. We're filled with compassion, and we're like, oh, what can I do? And so today I want to talk to us about how to take our place. The first thing, there's five things I want to mention to y'all. The first thing is we, we must do like Jesus did and recognize the need. In verse 36, it says, when he saw the crowds, 
he had compassion on them because they were confused and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. He was looking at the crowds. He was looking. Let us not to be, let us not be too busy to not see what's going on around us. Let us not be too self-focused to, to miss out on the needs of others. And I'm talking about the needs of others in our, in our, in our space and that, that come across. I mean, obviously, Jesus looked around and saw, okay, I need some help. I need my disciples. I need to enact, I need to, uh, enact my disciples to come and help. So obviously we're not going to be able to touch every single person on the planet and go help them and see their need. But I'm, I'm telling you, if we raise our heads up and we look around, we will recognize the need. And you know, if we think that we are not needed, here's a caution. For every single person in here, no matter your age, if you think that you are not needed, you will become unaware and you will eventually be unavailable. Again, I get there are seasons. You in the hospital. You just had a baby. You might not be able to do all the things you were doing, but you could take your place. You have a place. Everyone has a place, no matter what season that you are in. And so here's something to think about. Have you noticed anyone who seemed confused lately? Turn on the TV. Social media. Confused on what God to serve? Confused on identity? Confused on how to treat other people? It's all around. Confused people are all around. And chances are there could be some of you in here today that you're feeling a little confused. And that's okay. We're going to pray for you. Do you know anyone that seems helpless with no good guidance? They're all around in our schools, in our work, on teams, in the church. There are people walking around who, honestly, they, they're, they don't have good guidance. And that is exactly who Jesus was talking about. It says it right there in his scripture. It says, He had compassion on them because they were confused and helpless like a sheep without a shepherd. I mean, come on, y'all. We see people all the time wandering around with no, no guidance. And so first we recognize the need. Second, we allow compassion to flow. He, in verse 36, it says, he, Jesus, our example, Jesus had compassion on them. Compassion is defined as the concern for the suffering or the misfortune of others. You know, in Mark 6 and Matthew 4, it tells of the same story. Jesus had lost his beloved cousin, John the baptizer, right? Just, I mean, we read it sometimes. We read things in the, in the Bible and, and we stop, we, we forget to stop and think that like, that was his cousin. That was his co-laborer in Christ. That was his buddy. Jesus lost his buddy. And so what did he do? He's like, man, he received the news. He attempted to go have some alone time, right? We all need our alone time. But then what happened? He was moved by compassion again. And so he healed the people and he taught them because of his compassion. And he also enacted the help of his disciples. Compassion will often push us to go the extra mile for people. But the caution here is we got to be careful that our hurt heart doesn't become a hard heart. 
That's when we lose the compassion. That's when we can no longer see people and see their needs. It's when we have been hurt and our hearts are hard and we no longer want to help them. And we no longer see them as the harvest that Jesus talks about, but we see people as the enemy. And that is what we must watch out for when it comes to having compassion to others. We must allow compassion to flow so that we when we see the needs or so that we can see the needs of others. And the third thing is pray specifically for the Lord to send workers. We must take our place in prayer. Thank you, because we must. We must take our place in prayer. In verse 37, he says, the harvest is great, but the workers are few. So pray to the Lord who is in charge of the harvest. Ask him to send more workers into his field. You know, people walk around and, and, and question, what does God want me to do? I don't know my purpose. I'm not sure what I'm supposed to do, but I could tell you when Jesus says, pray to the Lord for whatever it is, we must do it. That's him speaking to us. That's him giving direction to us. So if you've got nothing else today, (laughs) he's telling us to pray. Pray to the Lord who's in charge of the harvest and pray for more workers. In Matthew 7, 7, he says to keep on asking and you will receive what you ask for. Keep on seeking and you will find. Keep on knocking and the door will be open to you. You know, months ago, I talked to a friend and uh, there was a situation at her workplace and it's a, it's a place in ministry. And they needed a position filled. The person who was filling the position had to quit. And there was someone who they needed that position to be filled. And she was pretty discouraged. She was like, someone needs to, like, someone needs to fill this position. And the scripture came, the scripture came to me. The harvest is plentiful and the workers are few. And so even sometimes in, in a ministry position where people are getting paid to do ministry, there's no one there. And their people are not stepping up. It's just the honest truth that goes with serving, that goes with some churches. Now, we over here at Family Life specifically have amazing, amazing serve teams who always step up and want to help and want to do. And sometimes I'm like, hold on, I'm not sure what to put you to do. Just hold on. You know, but the heart is there. And they're like, I want to serve. But the truth is, is not everyone who is a, a who is able to be a worker is a worker. Some people have all the goods. They have everything it takes. God has equipped them and they refuse to do the work. And so I want to pause here to to just talk about that because sometimes when we're talking about doing the work, you're like, I am so busy. You do not know my schedule. I cannot work for the Lord. I cannot be at church a few times a week. That's not even at all what I'm talking about. I'm talking about taking your place wherever you are, taking your place in your space. Where do you work? Where do you go to school? Where are your kids playing ball? We got to take our place wherever we are in the grocery store. How you treat the clerk? Like I'm telling you, I've seen ministry happen with the clerk at the grocery store or at the, with the server at the restaurant. Like it's not just about having some title or position because guess what? In a room this size with this many women, not everybody's going to have a title, but the title that matters is daughter of the king. And he has a mandate and an assignment for you. And that is what we need to be doing. And that is how we take our place wherever you are. If you're nursing babies right now and you have little ones around your feet, 
You sing to those babies. You teach those babies. You read the Bible to those babies. You pray over those babies. If you have no one in your home and you are living alone for whatever reason, you can pray for people. You can have your prayer list and you can be knocking it out. I think of, I think her name was Karen Prejean, if I'm correct. She had, um, forget what it's called, but it was a muscle disease that deteriorates your muscles. And what happened was she ended up being in a bed and, uh, bedridden and she was only, um, able to communicate through her eyes reading a screen. Like her eyes would look at a letter and spell a word and, um, she ate with a feeding tube. I, I'm sure I've told you this story before, but man, she was praying for every, she was praying for every prayer request that went through the church. They would email her and she would pray for those prayer requests. And when they were late on the prayer request, she'd email them because, you know, she did it all with her eyes. She'd email them and be like, Hey, you didn't send me the prayer request this week. So there's no excuse. If nothing else, you can be praying. And so I challenge you, the challenge, ladies, is what does God want you to do in this season in your space? All right, so the third is pray. The fourth thing is accept your calling. Yours, not hers. Not mine, not his. Not the calling or assignment you had 20 years ago. Accept your calling for now. In verse 10, 1, I mean, chapter 10, verse 1, Jesus called his 12 disciples together and gave them authority to cast out evil spirits and to heal every kind of disease. Now, he could have just instructed them to pray, which he did. He said, hey, pray. But he didn't stop there. He called them. He called them and he gave them specific instructions, which reminds me of the Great Commission. The Great Commission we find at the end of Matthew chapter 28, verses 18 through 20, and it says, Jesus came and told his disciples, I have been given all authority in heaven. Now, come on. He's been given all the authority and he is tapping on us and giving us that same authority to go and do what he's called us to do. I'm just saying that. Okay, back to the scripture. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I have given you and be sure of this. I am with you always, even till the end of the age. The great news is when he calls us, he will always be with us. He's like, hey, I'm calling you to do this, but guess what? I'm going to be with you. I'm going to be with you to the end of the age. And we have that. It's not this sink or swim kind of situation. You know, some of us, we might have had, some, might have had parents that is like, go out there, figure it out on your own. Sink or swim kind of. No, Jesus does not do the sink or swim situation. He says, you go do this. By the way, I've equipped you to do this. God's created you to do this. Oh, and I'm coming with you. Isn't that exciting? I mean, think of a time where you had to go do something and you're like, I don't want to go. And then someone comes alongside of you and you're like, I can do anything now because I have a partner. I have a buddy. Jesus is always, always with us. If he calls us to do it, he's with us to, when, we, when we do it. But, you know, accepting God's calling on our life starts with accepting who he created us to be. It starts with identity. I am who you say that I am. We could sit here, if I gave everyone in here 
a paper and I said, tell me who I am. You'd all say different things. I'm hoping y'all would say nice things, but you know what? You might not. And the truth is, is not everybody's going to say life-giving things. Not everybody's going to say God's truth about us. But he, his word is the truth. And that is what we have to cling on to. I just have a couple of scriptures up. You know, he calls us a child of God. We are, if you have, if you are living for Jesus, if you have surrendered your life to the Lord, you are a child of God. It says in John 1, 2, but to all who believe him and accepted him, if you have believed in him as your savior, if you've accepted his work on the cross, he gave the right to become children of God. We're all, we're, we're accepted. That's another thing. Romans 15, seven says, therefore accept each other just as Christ has accepted you. You know, a lot of us in here have been rejected at one time or another. Maybe right now, maybe right now in this moment today, as you're sitting here, you are feeling the effects of someone rejecting you. I want to tell you that God's acceptance will trump someone's rejection. He has, he accepted you. He ha, he made the ultimate sacrifice for you. He made the ultimate sacrifice for you and for me. And because of that sacrifice, because of his death on the cross, we are accepted. And I, I just believe that's for somebody today. We are his image, y'all. Genesis 1.27 says, So God created human beings in his own image. In the image of God, he created them male and female. He created them. You know, some of us look like our mamas, maybe have talk like our dads. You know, people meet my dad and they're like, Oh my gosh, you look like your dad. I'm like, I know. You know, but we look like our parents. But more than that, more than we have some of their DNA, we are created in God's image. And we must remember that. We must not allow failures, shortcomings, weaknesses to define who we are. Because he defines who we are. And if we don't accept who he says that we are, then we will have great difficulty accepting his calling on our life. No, God, I can't do that. Surely you wouldn't tell me to do that. There's so many other people who do it better. Have you ever said that? I have. Like, there's so many other people who do fill in the blank better than me. Why me? Why do I step out and do what I feel like and I know you calling me to do when there's people that are better than me? And now let me tell you, because he, he needs you. He needs you in his kingdom. He he. Put you, we are in the kingdom. We are the body of Christ. I don't just have one finger and I'm thankful. He created me to have 10 fingers or eight fingers and two thumbs. And like, I like having them all. And some people don't, but I, I, so we can have more than one person doing the same thing. It's okay. And so if you are a singer and someone else is a singer, but you think they sing better than you, oh, well, do what God's created you to do. If you like to cook and bake and bless others, I mean, I remember one time a lady had a baby, and this is me telling on myself, and uh, I don't know if y'all know Tori Arsenal here. She uh, She's an amazing baker. And so I called her. I said, did you bake for Ashley? 
because I'm bringing cookies, but they're not going to taste like yours. And she's like, stop that. And she was like, bring her some cookies. Well, she did bake for her a couple days before, and they still had a couple cookies. But I was like, you know, I didn't want to bake cookies for her if you bake cookies for her because your cookies are so much better. But that, no, her family could use cookies any day. I mean, what kids don't want cookies? And what mama who just had a baby don't want some cookies, you know? And so, like, what is it? What is it that you are gifted with? What is it that you do for the Lord? Don't let it discourage you if you think someone else does it better. That's okay. Accept your calling and do it to the best of your ability. Another thing, as I was praying over this message and praying over this time together, I really felt the Lord to, to tell me to let you know not to let the announcement of someone else's calling discourage the whisper of yours. And I'm going to tell you what I mean by that. Sometimes, I'm going to say that again, do not let the announcement of someone else's calling discourage the whisper of yours. We don't all receive instruction from the Lord the same. Did y'all realize that? And some people like me, we just loud and we get excited about everything. And so we can announce things and say it loud. And some people putting it all on Facebook and Instagram. And you're like, I don't care, but we do. And I'm sorry you don't care. But there are times when God has given us a whisper, given us a prompting. And telling us to go do something that's just as valuable. So whether it's announced or whether it's a whisper, it's valuable and it's yours. Yours alone. And we must remember that what God calls us to do, it's precious, it's valuable, and it's him. So once we recognize the need, number one, Number two, we allow the compassion to flow. Number three, we pray for more workers. Number four, we accept our calling, accept our identity. The fifth way to take your place, to take our place, is to go and give. Verse seven and eight says, Jesus is telling, again, these are, I love the words of Jesus. I don't know about y'all, but whenever it's read in my Bible, Color red, red in my Bible. I get so excited. I'm like, Jesus, what are you saying to me today? Like, it's super exciting. Um, so verse uh, 7 and 8 says, Go and announce to them that the kingdom of heaven is near. Heal the sick, raise the dead, cure those with leprosy, and cast out demons, and give as freely as you have received. So here he's telling them, announce that the kingdom of heaven is near. Heal the sick, raise the dead, cure the lepers, cast out the demons. In the Great Commission that we talked about earlier, he said, make disciples, baptize the disciples, and teach those disciples to obey. What God calls us to do is exactly what we need to go do. So what's your assignment? What does he call? What has he spoken? What has he whispered? What has he whispered to you to do? That nudging, what is it? I challenge you to think about it. Some of you, I was thinking, and I always think about the beautiful vastness of the body of Christ. Like, I know people in here that are generous. They just give. They give stuff. They give money. They're 
they see somebody in need, they give, they give what they need. It's a beautiful thing. There's some of you that have Bible studies. There's some of you that go on the street and go minister to people. Like there's so many, there's some of you that sing and lead us in worship. Some of you teach, like there's so many different gifts. Some of you cook for people, like come on. Can we just say thank you to those of you who cook? Like, I appreciate that. It's needed in the body of Christ. We need you to cook food whenever we're having a rough day or just to bless our big families. You know, I, there were people who just randomly would, hey, I made a meal for you when the kids were little, especially. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, you just don't understand how much that means when you make a mom of four a meal for dinner that she does not have to see about. But it's all working in the giftings in the way that God has created us to work and move. In our mission-minded series that we just did over here at church that Brandon preached, uh, we talked a lot about being aware and recognizing the need around us. And I want to continue to encourage you to do just that, to take your place in your space. Where are you? Where has God put you? Home, school, work, family gatherings, social events, church, online. Listen, if you're one of those and you like to be online and you like to be in the socials, Use it for the glory of God. Give scripture. Give encouragement. Dis, d- try to dissolve the, not dissolve, that's not the word. See, there's another word I'm thinking of. But try to put away the disunity <laughs> that's on there and, and bring unity. Speak life. And so I'm closing with this. <clears throat> you know, it's important to remember, the last thing I want to say, it's important to remember that when Jesus called his disciples and sent them to do work, it was his disciples. It was people that walked with him. It was people that knew him. It was people that loved him. And we, in order to share the good news about Jesus and to do these things that it, that the word is calling us to do, in order to take our place, we have to know Jesus. The first step is surrendering our life to Jesus. The first step is saying, it's not my will, but your will, Lord. I'm no longer going to live for me. I'm no longer going to live guided by what everybody's telling me I need to do. I'm no longer going to live by what society and the culture is telling me to do. I'm not going to wear what the culture is telling me to wear. I'm not going to speak how culture is telling me to speak. I'm not going to do that. I'm going to live for Jesus. I'm going to, I, w- I might have been going this way, living for myself, living for the world, living for everybody else. But today, today I'm deciding I'm going to turn around and I'm going to live for Jesus. The only way we can really truly take our place is by living for Jesus. In Romans 3.23, it says, for everyone, everyone, look around you. Everybody in here, just look. Everybody in here. Okay. Everyone has sinned. Ooh. We've all fall short of God's glorious, glorious standards. Yet, it's one of the best words. Yet, God in his grace freely makes us right in his sight. And he did this through Jesus, through Christ Jesus, when he freed us from the penalty of death. Romans 10, 9 also says, If you openly declare that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. 
For it is by believing in your heart that you are made right with God and is by openly declaring your faith that you are saved. So there's two things. You must believe it in your heart. You must know that Jesus died for me and it's only because of that death that I am saved and that my sins are washed away. You know, one time I I led a life group with some middle school students. This was years ago before Brandon and I were, were married. And I had this idea to, to write on the board, on the, on the chalkboard, all kind of sins. Like, Hey guys, give me some sin. Give me some sin. So they're like labeling things they think is sin and we're writing it all down. And I'm like, you know what Jesus did? Like, what? And I erased it all. And I was like, he erased it all. When we ask him to forgive us, he wipes our sins away. And I've, I've thought about that often because sometimes we kind of want to hold on to things. We're like, no, but this was so bad. We may still reap the consequences because some sins do have physical consequences. But it, those sins are wiped away and we are forgiven. We are justified. It's just as if we didn't sin whenever we ask him to forgive us. And so today, if there's anyone in here who has never done that, you, you've never... Ask Jesus to forgive all your sins. You've never believed, like the word says, you've never believed with your heart that he did that, that he made you right. And you've never declared openly your faith in him. Then today's your day. Now, I'm not going to make anybody get up here and be like, I've declared, you know, we're not going to do that. But what I'm asking you to do is I want to lead you in a prayer for those of you who you're like, man, that's me. I need to pray. I need to ask him to clean, wipe away my sins so I can take my place. If that's you and you do that for the first time in a minute, I'm going to, we're going to all pray together. What I want you to do is tell someone you can, you can tell who brought you. You can tell the lady, you could come tell me. You could tell one of our ladies with a lanyard, like, Hey, I accepted Jesus today. And I just want you to know, because we would love to celebrate with you, but also I want to talk to those of you who maybe one time a long time ago, you like did that. You're like, yeah, I'm saved. I want to live for Jesus. But yet you've gone and done your own thing and you've walked away from Jesus. You've walked away from his ways and just lately hadn't really been caring too much about the Lord. I want to give you an opportunity to say that prayer with us, to ask him to cleanse you from your sins, to ask him to forgive you for what you've done. And so we're going to do that all together. I'm going to say it, you're going to repeat it. But what we're going to do is we're just going to close our eyes so we can focus. And so the people that are really, really mean in this, because as sisters, we're just going to say it together because we love each other. But I want you to just focus. God, is that me? Is it me that really, really needs to say this prayer today? And so this is the prayer. Say, dear Jesus, I thank you for your death on the cross that frees me from sin. I ask you to wash me clean, to take my sins away, and to come and lead me and guide me in your ways. I admit that I have sinned, and I acknowledge that you have washed me clean. Let's say that again. I admit that I have sinned. I acknowledge that you have washed me clean. I thank you 
that I am now free in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, give us a hand. Let's get, give them a hand. Those of you who may have done that for the first time, or maybe you just needed to re, rededicate it. Sometimes life gets yucky and you just feel like you need to rededicate that. Rededicate yourself to the Lord. But I want to go ahead and I want to pray over all these things we've talked about today. I want to, I want to go over this. So if we want to stand up for a minute, we're going to do our giveaways in a minute, but right now I just, we need to spend some time praying. Let's pray that we can recognize the need, allow compassion to flow, pray for more workers, that we would accept our calling and that we would be women who would go and give. And so let's pray. Father God, I come to you right now. You know what? Let's just do this. If you are a woman in here and one of these five things got you, you're like, man, that's me. I want you to raise your hands. Whether you needed, whether you want to pray that you could recognize the need, allow compassion to flow, pray more for the workers, accept your calling or go and give. Wherever you are, let's lift our hands and ask the Lord to help us. Lord, I pray, Father God, that you would help us to recognize the need, Lord. Lord, there is a need out there, Father. And so I pray, Father God, that we wouldn't be distracted, discouraged, Father God, or, or doubtful, Father God, that would prevent us, Lord, from recognizing those that are in need, Father God. I pray, God, that compassion would throw flow, Lord, through us, Lord, through your church, Lord, Lord, through your body, I pray that compassion would flow, Father God, and so that we, Lord God, would be moved, Lord God, that we would be moved, Father God, to help those in need, Father God, to help those who are confused, Lord, to help those, Lord, who don't have any guidance, Father God. Lord, I ask God for more workers, Lord. Lord, every woman in here, Lord, I pray that we would declare that we are working for the Lord. Lord God, that we would no longer sit on the sidelines. No, we would no longer complain, Lord God. We would no longer be upset, Father God, that we're not doing what we thought we would be doing or it doesn't look like what someone else is doing. But Lord God, that we would take our place, Father God, right here, right now, in our space, where you have us, Father God, and that we would have boldness, Lord God, to work, to do the work. And Lord, we pray that you wake the workers up, God. They're all over the this community, Lord. They're all over this country and they're all over this world, Lord. Those who are sitting on the gifts, Father God, that you have so graciously given them. And so, Father, I pray that you'll wake them up, God. Wake up the workers, Father God, that we would get to work, Father. Lord, I ask that we would accept our calling, accept the assignment, Father God, but Lord, that we would also accept our identity, Father God, that we would know who you say that we are, Father God, that we wouldn't get confused, Lord God, with what other people are saying, Father God, about us or or, or anything like that. But Lord God, that we would come to you. We would draw to you, Father God, for our identity, Lord. And God, I pray that we would, we would burn, Father God, with passion to go and give, Lord, that we would go out and do what you are telling us to do and that we would give as freely as we have received. Father, I lift up every lady in here, Father God, and I thank you, Lord. I thank you for them. I pray, Father God, that they would go out, Lord, that we would go out and that we would take our place, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.